Welcome to I Hate Sand, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Aaron. I'm Reagan. We're just three lifelong friends sitting around a table talking about hot Star Wars topics. We recognize that Star Wars means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and we may disagree on the specificities, but at the end of the day, we all love Star Wars. Let's dive right in. What's up, everybody? We just watched The Phantom Menace. For the first time ever. Together. <laughs> yeah, we watched it together. Um, Reagan, you haven't seen episode one or two in a long time. Yeah. Um, it's been like a year for me on episode one. Yeah. So I watched it with Aubrey. Yeah, it's been... I think I rewatched it. This was around the time Force Awakens came out. Mm. So 2017. That's a while back. Yeah. I was watching all the movies, getting ready for episode seven. So, Reagan, for someone yeah. that uh, is actively hating on the prequels, uh, what <laughs> literally just, not just in general, what did you think about episode one after seeing it for the first time in a while? It's good. I mean, I, li- I like that the prequels get into the political story of how the Republic became an empire, you know, how it became a collection of delegates from different parts of the of the galaxy to create this republic and turns out to be just one singular dictator and watching Palpatine pull the strings on everything. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I just wish George Lucas had hired a different director <laughs> and an extra writer to help him out. <laughs> I mean, this is the first movie that George Lucas took the creative reins of by himself since New Hope in 1977. I took I took some notes while we were watching this and one of my biggest things is I see this all the time on Star Wars pages. Oh, Hayden Christensen's such a bad actor. Oh, Natalie Portman's such a bad actress. Yeah. No, it's not bad acting. George Lucas just had bad writing. Yeah. There's True. even a scene we can get to this more in episode two, but there's a scene in that movie, the the dinner scene that they have together. He Lucas mm-hmm. told Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman to ad lib the dialogue because what? he was so oh frustrated with his own writing. Oh. So he's like, you know what, y'all just ad lib it. Jeez. <laughs> so, like I think he know it was out there already. He he was aware that his writing wasn't, you know, yeah. its best. I just don't understand why he, there wasn't another <laughs> screenwriter to help out because that's what made episodes five and six so great. Like there were other people writing the scripts mm-hmm. with him, and uh-huh. I think those are pretty and other amongst, directors. Yeah, among Star Wars fans. Those movies are regarded as yeah, pretty way up there. The best of the best. After hearing that he was like so frustrated with his dialogue choices for episode two, I wonder like how he actually talks to like his own like I don't know his his wife, his romantic partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what what kind of shit does he come up with to say if yeah. that's the kind of stuff he wrote? <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's like if you any good director would watch someone perform any of those scenes and be like, I think you could do this better. But yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. it's still in the movie means that George was just like, ah, it's whatever. We'll yeah, just keep it's going. It it's all in the digital effects. Him. It's all in the digital <laughs> effects for this movie. Which honestly are better than I remember. Like the yeah. movie looks better than I remember. It was the first movie. thing I said when it started, because you start out in that scene in space with the ship coming yeah. towards Naboo. Immediately, I saw that and was like, oh, for 1999, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was a Blu-ray version. So That's true. Mastered. It's the best it can look. For sure. I but, mean, there were a couple scenes on Naboo that did not look nearly as good. 
And what about that one in the uh, Trade Federation ship? Yeah. When the frames seem to kind of just skip. Right. Make them have super speed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's one of our biggest complaints of the Phantom Menace. Reagan, what do you have to say about oh, the Jedi God. sprinting? It's really just Star Wars in general. Why are there so many force abilities that come up in movies that would be so helpful in so many other <laughs> situations and they just conveniently forget about them? So at the very beginning of this movie, both Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan demonstrate this moment of a scene that I like to title Star Wars meets the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Where they travel like at least 200 guards in like a, a half second. second. <laughs> I think it was a glitch. A glitch. Yeah, I think it like skipped a frame or something. No, I think he said so. it's a standoff. No Let's go, and then they go. Whoosh. Shield generator. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Like I know they run away, but I don't remember them running that fast in other versions of this movie that I've seen. No, I, I on the VHS I remember it too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Would have been really helpful about two hours later. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's, yeah, it's so going to save Qui-Gon's life. Yeah, that's the biggest plot hole there is Obi-Wan is running along and this Qui-Gon and Maul are fighting in those laser wall things. And yeah. right when they open up, Obi-Wan could have easily force sprinted to help save Qui-Gon, but, you know, I guess he just forgot, slipped or his mind. Maybe he was just scared that if he force sprinted, he'd overshoot and fall into the hole and die. Or maybe he would like get caught in the laser walls as oh. he's trying to go through. I yeah, don't he wouldn't know. be able to stop himself in time. I'm and sure he just that forgot the adrenaline in the moment. I'm sure well, that's George, that he could do it. George Lucas's. Um, that's his, his foresight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another force ability that might have been nice is uh, when Obi Wan is hanging on the edge at the end, mm. and Maul is just like hacking at the ledge with his yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. He could have easily just used the force to push Obi-Wan off of that little hook. He but pushed him off onto the hook in the first place. Quite. I know. He's tired dude. or something. <laughs> he's got a 15 second relapse. <laughs> oh, <time>. you're right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the buffer time. Yeah, man. He's uh, really good with the lightsaber, but he's kind of lacking on those force powers. Yep. <laughs> you know what would have been really helpful as a force ability is force healing. Remember <laughs> <laughs> when Kylo Ren got stabbed in the chest? Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon could have lived, but, you know. Kathleen didn't have a say yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, the character can't die. A character dies? What? <laughs> Impossible. How dare you? <laughs> so one of the things that I noticed when I was watching this is the droid voices. Oh, excuse me. Check it out, Corporal. We'll cover you. Roger, roger. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, I think they're so much better in this movie than in episode... Well, they, d they do continue in episode two, but in episode three, the droid voices start to go cartoony and more funny. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like the seriousness and the, like, just the cool sounds that they make. They sound more intimidating. That's yeah. More like soldiers. Mm -hmm. While we're on the topic of droids, I, I thought of this video. It's behind the scenes, and George Lucas is taking Steven Spielberg around set of episode one and George Lucas is like these are battle droids in this movie and the Jedi are going to cut them like butter <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do just one of our battle droids actually battle oh, that, Look at this, oh this is cool. this is the new stormtrooper what you don't realize is that these guys really aren't very efficient yeah. these things you know Jedi cut them down like they're butter 
Um, another thing I noticed, which I never really appreciated before, um, is the costuming of this movie. Um, it's got a lot of like Japanese influence on, especially mm-hmm. on Natalie Portman's uh, on the attire. Yeah. yeah, and the Trade Federation Viceroy, his like thing looks kind of like a samurai helmet. Yeah. yeah. While we were watching, um, we were talking about how pretty Naboo is. Oh yeah. And um, I was, yeah, I was thinking, what planet would you live on if you could live in the Star Wars universe? Mm. Obviously, my answer would be Naboo because it's just so beautiful. Yeah, that is a good one. It's not a bad choice. I guess I'd want more like details first. Like, what am I going to be in the Star Wars universe? But if I was just a normie, Naboo would be a good choice, or even Alderaan if the whole Death Star thing didn't happen. That yeah. planet's really pretty too. <laughs> yeah. If you were just Aaron Ingram going to the Star Wars universe right now, Ooh. what planet would you live on? Where are the coolest lizards? Volusia. <laughs> 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 We're going there. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to get eaten by an Ackley. <laughs> I think Scarif looks really pretty oh. when it's not a battleground. Yeah. yeah. But or just about like to the, be blown up by the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't blow the whole thing up. Just the nice part. But Coruscant's cool. If I was like, if I'm a young person moving somewhere else. The real estate in Coruscant <laughs> is great, you know? I mean, you really wouldn't want to be a poor person on Coruscant, though. No, that that's shit true. would blow. You, you'd have to live in the underworld. you got to imagine there's a bunch of fun stuff to do in Coruscant. I thought of another question. What master would you want to learn under Qui-Gon? Oh, no, Yoda, for me. Really? For and sure. what is your reasoning? Yoda would be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda's so traditional in his ways of teaching. Like you have to follow He's obviously the a great master. Mm, and yeah. you would learn well from him if you could suffer through his insufferable little like dialogue, the way this just the way he says stuff is so fucking <laughs> I annoying. I didn't know you felt that way. <laughs> I had well, no just, idea. Uh, I I I think Yoda is funny to listen to a little bit. Um, but if I had to like actually spend years of my life training <laughs> with him, I would think either I would just get so used to it that I didn't care, or it would just drive me crazy. I think I would go with Quagon as well because he's more That's of fair. like a middle of the road, almost gray Jedi. Yeah, so. he has that like edge to him. Yeah, like he's not afraid to disrespect the code a little bit to do what he thinks is the right decision. Mm-hmm. And while watching this movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" Quagon like butts heads with the entire council, like the whole movie, yeah. and they yeah. even have a few lines of dialogue about how rebellious he is. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, you would be on the council if you would just basically just fall in line. Yeah. Right. But Qui-Gon, is, it, he doesn't value that kind of um, status as much as he values doing what he thinks is the right move. Yeah. Exactly. Which is pretty badass, honestly. For sure. Qui-Gon might be a better choice if he wasn't so wrong about Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. You have a point you there. You win some and you lose some, you know? <laughs> In this case, you lose literally all the Jedi. <laughs> I don't want to be a problem. You're not. <laughs> you won't be a problem. What, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, my God. There are so many memes in this movie. There so really are. good ones. Yeah, specifically, Anakin is talking to Qui-Gon, and he's like, Qui-Gon, sir, I don't want to be a problem. Oh, don't worry. You, you won't be. And then fast forward like 10 years as he's igniting his lightsaber to kill the younglings in the Jedi Temple. I would say Qui-Gon's a great character, and it's really sad that we don't get more of him. I know. You know yeah. Right? I wish he had survived. Just such a great something. character introduced to the to the universe. So yeah. many good characters off. that get introduced and killed off within the same movie. Yeah. And Liam Neeson did a great job with his character as well. 
Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Qui Gon's just so witty in the yeah, Phantom Menace. I realized that while we were watching too. He destroys Panaka like four times with <laughs> yeah. his comeback. <laughs> yeah, but even like Maul. I mean, obviously Maul dies. Big air quotes there at the end of this movie, but he gets more appearances later. Yeah, from animated shows to the worst cameo ever and the worst Star Wars movie ever. Shut the fuck <laughs> Shut up. up. <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. But Qui Gon, like, this is it. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, he does. It. He does have a voiceover in a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> oh, that counts. Yeah, yeah. and and a very short one in Rise of Skywalker. Apparently, yeah. Obi Wan like finds a way to, or Yoda teaches Obi Wan how to talk to Qui Gon. Yeah, I mean he's like mentioned Force Ghost, or whatever, right? But it's not the same. No, it's not. So I noticed this while watching the movie this time. Slavery in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I had always, I'm watching the movies as a kid, I'd never really thought about the significance of a slave. Padme is like, you're a slave? And he says, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. Slavery is in Star Wars and that fucking sucks. Yeah, it is, for sure. Yeah. And it's not just in the Outer Rim, like unpoliced areas. Like when the Empire takes power, they enslave, especially aliens, just like across the board and just make them do their shit. It's pretty fucked up. That's one of the reasons why I don't like when people are like, oh, the Empire did nothing wrong. They're like, the rebels are just terrorists. And I'm like, well, they kind of are terrorists, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are rebels, but they're fighting against like this actually fascist regime yeah. that's mm-hmm. enslaving millions. I have not heard that argument very much, oh, really? that the Empire did nothing Some wrong. Some people make it ironically, but then there's other people that are like, no, actually, I think the Empire was... was I, I cheer for the Empire, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I've seen something floating around on the internet that Moff Gideon makes an appearance oh in this movie. I don't think it's true at this all. This seems very sus But to uh, me. Anakin's friend on Tatooine, his name is Kickster, someone shared a picture of the resemblance of this little kid and the actor who plays Moff Gideon. Most definitely just a coincidence, but, you know, it could be cool if it was tied in because they would be the same age. Yeah, the well, time of Mando. Like you were saying, or again, the age is pretty much right. Like he'd be in his like late fifties. Yeah, probably like mid fifties. Yeah, but uh, there's there's is, a lot more lines to fill yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot <laughs> of questions about dots. how that would happen. Why would a a random kid from Tatooine get picked up by somebody become a moth? Like, dra- yeah, dra- That's drafted very into the high up army in the Empire, and then become a moth. Yeah. We need a lot of explanation and behind I made, that. I mean, I said this earlier, dude. He just picked himself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> That's, worked yeah, really just hard. That's how you become a moth. <laughs> I mean, the thing, you he would have to leave people. Tatooine because there, as far as we know, there's no imperial drafting happening on the planet of Tat- Tatooine. Right, because the huts control that system. Right, so he would have to somehow go somewhere else to then draft in. All right, mm-hmm. this is what I want from Disney next. I want a backstory on Kickster. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to Kickster? Kickster solo movie. <laughs> we know what happens to Greedo, but Kickster is a big question mark. Oh, yeah. So big old question mark. If, if you don't know, Greedo actually makes an appearance in this film. He actually does. It's in the credits. Uh, one of, another one of Anakin's friends on the on the pod racing scenes. The young uh, Rodian. Yeah, he's a uh, Greedo. That's, that's little adolescent Greedo. Little Greedo. One thing I really noticed when I was watching this movie was the sound design. Yeah. The sound design is insanely good. Yeah. 
Yeah, as well as the music. Like I know I found that very notable. And of course, Duel of the Fates is like one of the most iconic pieces of Star Wars music. But even just everything else, like the underwater scene towards the beginning when they visit. Uh, the Gungans. And then the banger at the end when they're celebrating. Yeah. So overall, like, the music throughout is is really great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the sound design, especially during the pod racing scene, when yes. I would say the, the sound designers really got to I love the way Sebulba's pod racer sounds. Yes. Yeah. And then Anakin's kind of sounds like this... Uh, Ninja bike on yeah. the street. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super fast and maneuverable. It's yeah, I like, I like the sound it makes when he accelerates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the sound designer for the next movie. What other things did you have to say about this episode, Regan? I'm going to say it. I am not a fan of midichlorians. Mm, I think it should have been left out of Star Wars. You want to keep things mysterious. I think so. I, I don't know. I just... It feels like a very strange attempt to try to explain the Force, which is always shrouded in this mystery. Like, it's just the thing that binds existence. But then to make it, like, a count in your bloodstream... No, the organisms. More, well, in, in your They're bloodstream. like symbiotic, yeah. In your bloodstream. <laughs> well, yes, we get it. It's it doesn't in the bloodstream. exactly matter where in your body it is. I, but it's yeah. just so odd, like... Let me ask you this. If they had wanted to explain the force and what, what better explanation could they have given that didn't involve like an organism? What, what would you prefer to hear? Just more spirituality. So like what? Give, give me an example. To go back to Mandalorian season two, Ahsoka's explanation of what the force is to Mando is a perfectly fine explanation of the force. It's like you the can OG have one. that alone and not, you don't need midichlorians to further explain that. Hmm. And so for, all of a sudden, Qui-Gon's taking a blood sample from a child to read midichlorian count in his blood. It just feels so strange and takes me out of the mystery of what the Force is. I think it does make it less mysterious, but there's. it also raises a lot more questions, like what exactly are midichlorians? And they're and never why talked do, about again. Why do some people have more of them and some people have less? Right. I know we don't want to talk about the sequel trilogy, but I like the direction of the sequel trilogy that seems to suggest that anybody can be Force-sensitive. And it requires a lot of training. If I was to design the the like idea behind the force, I wouldn't have chosen midichlorians. I would have probably made it mystical, but I would have made it so that everyone could access it. Right. But the midichlorians explain why that's not the case. All right, let's talk about a very controversial thing for a lot of people. Jar Jar Binks, the Sith Lord. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sith Lord. Jar Jar Binks is Snoke. It's so strange that it seems like. Almost every Star Wars movie has a character that is just hated beyond belief. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. That's not quite fair. Or like a group of characters. Yeah, there there are always those groups or that character that just gets chosen by the audience to be hated beyond belief. And obviously, in this one, is Jar Jar Binks. I, and I just don't get it. Yeah, I, watching it this time, I th- I laughed, actually. Yeah, um, there are parts that are funny. Whenever but... he's in the battle scene and he's just like, he's, I think George Lucas is putting this character that does not need to be in this atmosphere and he's somehow found himself in this space. Right. And he's fucking shit up <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> yeah. 
It's yeah. it's a very obviously a character who's meant to be a comedic relief mm-hmm. for ki- aimed at kids. Like it's very childish humor for right. sure. I loved it but when we, I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and we know that Star Wars is meant for kids. Lucas has always been firm in that position. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't know. I just think it's strange, especially now watching it again for the first time in a long time. I think I've realized why is because people who watched the original trilogy were mainly kids and they grew up with those movies, loving them. And when the prequels came out, when episode one came out, it was so vastly different than what they grew up with. And they're also no longer kids, so they're not going to find it funny either. I think one of the problems is that Star Wars fans take things way too seriously. Uh, That's for sure. That's very true. So it's it's can't, he can't just be a comedic character. He has to somehow like be badass or something. <laughs> like he can't just be there to be a fucking idiot, <laughs> <laughs> which he is. Yeah. There's something funny whenever you see someone who um, is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. And I think that's just what, kind of the victim of the circumstances. Yeah. Around yeah. Him. I mean, that's all curb your enthusiasm is. <laughs> I don't think there's any problem with Jar Jar Binks. He is annoying, but he doesn't deserve the vitriol that he gets from the Star Wars community. Also, these Star Wars fans have ruined Ahmed Best's life and career because of the hate for him. He suffered depression for years, and uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah. Is it really worth ruining someone's life? Right. Kelly Marie Tran had to delete her social media presence. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, people should have more self-respect than to do that kind of shit just right. over a Because they don't like character. a character yeah. <laughs> who yeah. is written on a page for somebody like, else. Come on, have some empathy. Grow up. Yeah, so all that being said, just be nice to people. Even if you may not like the character, don't trash the actual actor online. Yeah, because yeah, they're only a part of that character anyways. It's not like mm. they had full the full reins to just do whatever they want. They wanted. were paid. Right. They have to make a living. <laughs> They're just yeah, doing it's a job. their job. They're given a script. It's not like they get to come up with everything themselves mm-hmm. in most cases. All right, so it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. In order to keep it in the same spirits of the Phantom Menace, we're going to be asking some Phantom Menace trivia questions. So, here we go. Quick triv. All right, I'll start. I'm going to be asking Taylor. First question, where, besides the pod race, can hovering cam droids be seen in The Phantom Menace? Hovering cam droids? Mm-hmm. Spicy. Where else in the... So, they're seen another time in The Phantom Menace? Right. So, they're in the pod race scene. They're the droids that capture the images. They're in the Senate chambers. Ooh, correct. Nice one. Nicely done. I happened to notice that this time when I was watching it. So, for you, Reagan. Who hands Queen Amidala the Globe of Peace during the victory celebration on Naboo? Uh, it was Palpatine, wasn't it? <laughs> Oof. It's someone named Seal Bibble. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, I actually know who that is. So, sorry, no, you sorry, don't. Sorry about that. You uh, you kind of missed the wow. ball. On that one. All right. Well, I chose easy questions. But apparently Aaron didn't play the same <laughs> way. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Don't worry. The next one's easier. Who chats about his plans to create a scanner to detect the transmitters hidden inside slaves' bodies? That's Anakin. Yes. Yeah, he's like, he wants to do that so that he, he can free the slaves, I think. 
It's his goal. Okay. See, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure if that was from this movie or not. Yeah, it is. Wow. All right, Taylor. What does the Trade Federation abbreviation MTT stand for? Dude, I have no fucking idea. Multi-troop transport. Oh, I was going to say mobile. All right. Three again. All right. I think you'll get this one. Which body part does Anakin Skywalker reattach to C-3PO when he introduces the droid to Padme Amidala? His right eye. Let's see. It doesn't specify, but good job. It's his right eye. Yeah, you're right. I remember. (laughs) Woo! It's pretty good. I'm like one for six. Yep. Reagan finally (laughs) got one right. Aaron, who implores Qui-Gon Jinn not to defy the Jedi Council again? Obi-Wan. Yep. We just discussed that. He's like, please don't do it again. Okay, Reagan, I've got another one for you. I happen to have three Phantom Menace questions on on these two cards. Which character in the Phantom Menace was portrayed by an actor who performed his own stunts but had his lines overdubbed? Ray Park. No, which character? Oh, Darth Maul. Yeah. Nice. I knew you'd know that one. Poor Ray Park. I got a third question for Taylor then. Oh, okay. It was, but I remember. What are the locations of the two fights between Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul? Yeah, Tatooine and Naboo. Yeah, I was thinking like specific locations. <laughs> the Dune the Sea. sea. <laughs> you got to give us the coordinates of each planet as yeah. well. Who commands the Queen's Palace Guards during the Trade Federation invasion of Naboo? Uh, Panaka, Captain Panaka. That's right. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I almost met him at Celebration. But, oh, really? But I did not. That would have been cool. Oh, yeah, so in the last, in our trivia episode, we talked about Pally's, the fruit that uh, is oh, yeah. on Tatooine, and I actually noticed the line this time. It's very subtle. Here's some Super Pally's. quick. The focus, yeah. the focus is on Quagon, and then you can hear Anakin's voice on the off screen. Did but. you know that you say Quagon? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's really Quagon. Yeah, but you're like Qua. Yeah, I like, it's just how I pronounce it. Q-U-A. Quagon Jin. <laughs> it's my southern drawl. Jedi Master Quagon Jin. Jedi Master Quagon Jin. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us on this episode. We will have an episode on Attack of the Clones coming out soon. And uh, stay tuned. Yep. See you next time. <laughs>